Welcome to the Job Factory podcast, presented by CUNY Career Development Society. My name is Blue, career coach and your host at the Job Factory, the career development and job search podcast. I interview real job seekers and share real stories as inspiration and hope for everyone out there looking for a job. During the episode, I will be offering career advice as we discuss job search strategies. At the end of the episode, I will offer relatable tips on how you can improve your job search. To find out more information about our services, please check out kcds.ca. Hey, Candice, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for uh, for joining me today. Congratulations. Thank you. You have a new job. Woo-hoo. That's fantastic. So yeah, so Candice, thanks so much for joining me on the show today at the Job Factory podcast. And congratulations. I know you've got a new job recently, so I'm excited to talk and find out about more about your job search and the process you went through to get the job. Could you just give us a brief outline to start with? Of your work history and where maybe you've like over the last five to ten years what you've been doing career-wise sure um i have bounced around a lot of little customer service jobs temporary jobs as well as doing nine years of traffic control with a local company um then i ended up at, quite accidentally working in ministry of transportation as an admin support and fell in love with the work like i just love it so I really decided that that's where I needed to put my focus. Did you, when you were doing the flagging work, like how did you go from flagging work to into the office? It sounds like it's, there's a connection there somewhat. Um, when you're flagging with big projects, like the ones that I was working on because of my first aid, um, you work in conjunction with a highways representative from Ministry of Transportation And often they would speak to me about how there's opportunities for work in their office and one day I should transition and try to make that happen for myself. And it just happened. Um, A friend of mine called me one day and asked if I would go in and answer phones for them a couple of days a month. And then I was standing there on my first day answering phones and they had a full-time position come up and asked me if I wanted it because I had to hire somebody that day. Oh, wow. (laughs) So this, it sounds like it was somewhat through connections, being in the right place most, at the right time. Most definitely. I had a couple of references from ministry reps that I had worked with, but it was mostly just my partner's um, family connection. She just needed somebody to come in and then they had a job come in and she knew my computer skills, my background. So she just said, you know, try it out. Right. Great. Just jump in. And yeah. so you mentioned she knew about your computer skills. Where did those computer skills come from if you were flagging for all those years? Did you had you done courses or I'm no. I was flagging and then during off seasons when flagging wasn't as busy, I was an online gamer, honestly. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so, so I had no formal training, which is part of what held me back from my job search. Right. Is that I was just good at computers because I didn't want to tell people I was a computer nerd. <laughs> so you're just, you're pas- you've been passionate about gaming and you Yeah. Wow. And so with gaming, what kind of skills does that give you in terms of if you were going to write it on a piece of paper, 
uh, as like a resume, how would you put that into words? It really, especially now that everything is in a COVID world, is so much built into our daily lifestyle. Like we're doing online meetings and everything is remote and through internet. So I'm gaming with people around the world I've never met and I'm doing meetings like this with people while we're trying to accomplish the same goal. It all translates into post-COVID work. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's fantastic. So moving on from your, so you had, you've got this experience as a flagger for nine, nine, 10 years? Nine years, yeah. Nine years. And then through your connections um, and you had a, an administration job sort of fell on your lap and that was a contract for a certain, like how long was that contract for? Um, my contract was for 12 months and I had it renewed. I got the job in 2018. It was renewed in 2019, but there was no disasters, which is what I focused on for my work in 2019. Right. So my supervisor didn't have permission to put me in place pre before all of the snowfall or snowmelt in 2019, 2019, 2020. Right. So this year they let my contract expire and then COVID hit and there was no disasters. So they just couldn't justify bringing me back. Yeah. So we didn't have any of those in 2019 and 2020. Right. So they couldn't justify bringing me back. But at this point, you have a taste for administration, something that you realize you're good at through the passion of gaming. And you're now at the beginning of COVID, you're looking for more of that kind of work. Is that right? Yeah. Right. Which was hard because no one, all the offices, everything was closed. So it was directly because of COVID, you, there were no jobs being advertised. There was no job. Yeah, correct. Right. Gotcha. What were you doing in terms of your job search strategy? I was mostly just looking online. Um, Facebook job is a thing now. I was on there frequently. The KCDS job boards, the government job boards. Um, there's a special place where you can apply for public service jobs when you're not actually actively employed for public service. was on there every day, but I was using resume templates from 15 years ago because I haven't had to have a resume since I didn't have one for flagging. I didn't have one since I was in university. Oh, wow. So you've <laughs> always got work through just connections. Connections and networking. And I think I annoyed my flagging boss into <laughs> hiring me by calling her every two weeks. Those tactics, you decided not to do that because of COVID or there just wasn't the opportunity to reach out because it there was wasn't, a world? There wasn't an opportunity to go in and hand in a resume in person and introduce yourself as who you are and not just a piece of paper. When you're applying for jobs online and no one knows who you are and what your face is, it's a completely different level. So you have this piece of paper that's supposed to represent you and I have giant blocks of paragraphs that no one's reading. Yeah. Of all the things I can do. Yeah, yeah. And you're not having a chance to sell yourself in person or even on the phone, I would imagine. Yeah. So at this point, what are you sending resumes out at this point? Or are you and, just yes. saying that way you are? Okay. I was sending out 20 to 30 resumes a week for three or four months. Wow. And how much callback did you get? 
I had one job interview. So what did you do next? At this point, you're in the middle of the summer, I guess? Um, this was probably August now, July, August, September. Right. That I was really into, like, I had to get a job. My job obviously isn't going to come back at MOT. I have to find something else. Right. I called WorkBC and said that I was really struggling. I don't know what to do. I have good references. I have a good job on my resume. I'm just not getting anywhere and I need help. So you sign up with an employment counselor and they put you onto the career workshop or were you doing some other job search strategy stuff before that? My employment counselor set me up in the job factory. So into the job factory where we cover, yeah, all aspects of job search, personal branding, resumes, networking, cover letters, you know, everything across the board. What was it that really helped you in that workshop? The resume and cover letter building, um, the elevator pitching, and the uh, like active verbs like oh yeah so yeah Yeah. action action verbs action action verbs instead of a block paragraph of things that I've done at a job, pick out a few action verbs or action statements from each one, and just do a point form quick read white space. What kind of a format of a resume did you choose because there's different types there's chronological functional and there's combination which was the one that you decided to use i used a variation of chronological because all of my work history is back to back to back or overlapped yeah i felt like chronological really represented that i am not a person who spends time unemployed right I want to be actively employed. Here is my past 10 years where I've had jobs and I stay long-term. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think you're right. Um, There's a lot of strength with that. However, with the chronological, when using that one in this particular case, you have been doing, most recently, you did the Ministry of Transport work as an administrator. So that's great. You're looking for administrative work. But then with the flagging work, is there any way that you presented yourself on that resume that would really direct us into your administration skills, not the flagging and the customer service stuff you've done previously? So what I did with the flagging and another job I had was my fire department work was really pick out the active phrases for what would lend to to administration work, like dealing with customer flow. You do that in traffic control all the time. You have 300 cars that you have to deal with. They're all people. That's customer flow. You have to make everyone happy. You have to have good customer service and representation. You actually do have to document things. So I just pulled those bits out and that's what I highlighted on my resume. Right. So and did you highlight that under each uh, job description or did you put some highlights right at the top? I put them under each job description, but I also made my elevator pitch at the top. So you have a personal branding statement, essentially, at the yeah, top of the resume. which reframes all of my administration work throughout all of the jobs I've held. Gotcha. I love it. So I have things for flagging like conflict management, customer service relationships, medical documentation, record keeping, traffic management plans. Excellent. Yeah, I love it. That's great. These are all part of the job for flagging that nobody really knows about. Yeah, hundred percent. So you really dive deep into the transferable skills that you would you yeah. could pull from the previous employment that you've done. Yeah, I love it. 
So could you, I would be really interested in hearing your personal branding statement from the top of the resume. Do you mind sharing that? I can. Um, my personal branding was an experienced, skilled administrator with excellent time management and coordination skills, looking for administrative work in a fast-paced environment, offering superior clerical and customer service skills, subcontractor relationships, and proficiency in Microsoft Office. Really impactful. And then each of your, and I like, I do, I like the way that you've done the chosen, the chronological breakdown, because I think you're right. I think it's good to show that you have strong work history. You haven't been out of work for any length of time. And really, it's only because of the pandemic and, and circumstance that you're out of work for a little bit. Yeah. So the workshop helped you with the branding statement. What about the cover letter? Or was that really just an extension of that branding statement? Putting in the, co the cover letter was, again, um, taking what I had and taking this strong statement and working it all into something. I had a decent cover letter. It just needed to be stronger. So I took all of the paragraphs of where I'm explaining things in my resume, took those out and really fleshed them out into my cover letter saying, I know everyone says they're good at Microsoft Office, but here, like, here are some things I can do in Excel. Did you know these were functions? Right. So people could really see, yeah, she really means she's good at computers. She's not just saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so when it comes to the barriers to, your to trying to get work before the workshop, is it fair to say that that was to do really with you just not making it clear and concise in your resume, the transferable skills that you had? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when I look at my resume now compared to, well, my administration resume compared to what I had before, what I was offering people, it's just, I wouldn't read it. It's oh, really? just big blocks of paragraphs of, it's not a readable document in under 10 seconds. It wow. doesn't catch anyone's interest. So before the workshop, before that, the, the idea of the transferable skills was highlighted to you. I'm just interested. Had yeah. you just not thought about that? What I was... just, it was not how I was taught to do a resume. Right. When I was in high school in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, things change, right? And if you right? haven't had to do it because, you know, just through your connections network, you're getting work. The resume is a bit, it's a big piece of it. Like if you could, you know, I think you're right. If you can. If you can get talking to people and if you can turn up on somebody's doorstep and like really pitch yourself and feel confident, and I feel you come across very well, you speak well, you're very confident. Um, but if you can't do that, if you're not getting that opportunity, the resume, yeah, it's hard. It's, you have to really, you know, it's an, it's an art form, I think. Yeah. In a lot of ways. So you, you improve the resume. You're now directing your work for, you're looking for administration work. What happens next between the workshop and getting to where you are right now? Uh, did you have many interviews? What kind of, what doors opened up? Um, I actually, again, wasn't my resume that got me my job. It was the personal networking. I really developed a connection with my employment counselor who said, you have all of these skills and you have all of these government courses. You're more qualified to do my job than I am. Did you know we're hiring? Do right. you mind if I talk to my supervisor about you? And that's kind of where it came about. Right. Was more doing the networking and then having the resume to back it up. Right. 
which I was also missing because I didn't have those personal connections that I was utilizing. So I interviewed with Megan and Corinne from Kootenai Career Development Society. And that went really, really well. I also was offered job interviews for Castlegar Community Services, Interior Health, um, Government of BC for Citizen Services. And then after I did my, um, my first interview with Kootenai Career Development Society, Megan emailed me back and said, you know, I think you would do okay as an RA, but I really feel like we have another position that you would really excel at. It's mostly computer work. So she recommended me for the position that I'm in now. Ah, interesting. So good, good, man, good managing yeah. there, I think, on her, on her part. Definitely. She found the right position for you within the, uh, and that's great when someone can identify the talent that's before them and then line them up with the right position within the company. Exactly. How did you get the interviews at the other organizations? Was that resume or was that also the networking and? Those were resume. Right. Those were strictly resume, dead um, Facebook, KCDS, job board, applications with my new resume and I had callbacks within a week asking if I would arrange for interviews. Wow, brilliant. And did you go through an in, any of those interviews before you got to the KCDS interview as a warm-up kind of thing? did not, actually. I had an informational interview with Megan first. Then the following week, I had a formal interview with her. And then during that week between my interview and the decision process of whether I was going to get the job um, is when everyone else started calling back too. So picking the right format of a resume, in this case, chronological, identifying your transferable skills from the jobs that you've done previously, even though you're transitioning careers, somewhat, you had certainly have some experience in administration and then creating a strong personal branding statement and that personal branding statement, did you were you also using that as your elevator pitch? I think you already you called it your yeah. elevator pitch anyway. Were you using that when you would phone up or when you would start an interview? I didn't, but I did change all of my LinkedIn to reflect that. My elevator pitch went into my LinkedIn. Um, and I also, because I had applied for a couple of positions at the RDCK and Interior Health, and I found them popping up on my LinkedIn. Look who's looked at your profile. That's awesome. So, so, ma- so matching, yeah, across the, do any other yeah. platforms? You mentioned LinkedIn, resume and cover letter. Are there any other social media platforms that you had? I used Facebook jobs, but I didn't connect that to my social media. Yeah. Just because Facebook is so, it's not that I had anything on there that would be, um, that an employer would find offensive. It was just more of a, do I really want an employer looking at this? No, here's my LinkedIn. This is more professional. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. So once you've improved your resume, you've identified your transferable skills, your branding statements at the top there. You sent it out. You got a good response from several different organizations, uh, you know, the government, Interior Health. And in the end, you ended up with KCDS because it felt like a good fit. And you had an informational interview. How did that go? Did, did that really open up the door for you? 
It was really hard to read for the informational interview. Um, I thought I had a bunch of questions and then um, I did it with Megan and she just kind of launched into an answer to all of the questions I had predetermined before I got there. So I felt a little awkward in that, that I didn't have really great questions to ask her because she had already answered everything. Right. She answered them in the way that she was introducing the organization and the yeah. opportunities that were there. Yeah. Right. So I didn't really get to show that I had actually done some research on what Cooney Career Development Society was because she gave me all that inf information already. Right. So, so if somebody else was thinking about doing an informational interview, what would advice, what advice would you have? Have more questions or is it worthwhile doing the informational interview? Did you get much from it? I feel like if I hadn't done so much research on the job itself and the, and the group, um, it would have been really good. But I had done so much by myself that, and because I'm not really, a, I'm not, it's not that I'm not personal, personable, but I have a very awkward social, I just couldn't think of anything to ask her on the spot that was really going to like amaze her. <laughs> right. So if you did it again, like it, could you, is there anything you could think of that you do differently? Or now that you look back questions, you think, oh, I wish I'd been ready and had that question to I ask. wish, I wish I had been more prepared to highlight myself as opposed to the organization. Like to bring myself in and say, these are the things that I offer. And I really, from the research I've done, see this is how we could meet and I really think that my personal who I am really can reflect who you are as an organization right that's where I feel like I fell short so yeah and at this point had Megan seen the manager that uh, did the informational interview had she seen your resume no okay so you could have used some of that transferable skill stuff your personal branding statement, maybe, you know, talked about your gaming and some of your computer skills. Yeah. You could have done that. Do you think you mentioned before, it was interesting that uh, you are sometimes shy to maybe share stories about your gaming. Do you think you would have done it in that informational interview? I didn't do it in the informational interview, but I did do it in my formal job interview. Okay which actually I feel like it really helped. Yeah. Which is where, cause they wanted to know where I had all this amazing experience doing Excel and, and online world and how this is going to be how I'm connecting with clients. How do I feel about that? And then, well, I have multiple years experience. <laughs> so if you had to go back to give yourself one piece of advice, at the beginning of the pandemic, when you're out of work, trying to find, you're looking at all the job boards, um, what would that piece of advice be? To have called work BC sooner. Instead of struggling on my own and losing faith in myself, I really lost confidence in who I was because no one was responding to me. Whereas now if I had gone back and called WorkBC sooner, I would probably not have lost the same amount of confidence I did in the few months that I was on my own. 
Right. So reaching out for help, finding support and calling the local career center. Yeah. Which is brilliant. And I think, I think it's really, I appreciate that you sharing that because I think for a lot of people there, either they don't know that we're here to help, uh, but I think also there can be a stigma sometimes as well with reaching out for help. Some people don't like to have to ask for help or be seen. In exactly. I was, and I'll be honest, I was desperate. I was so depressed and miserable because I felt I couldn't just take not, it wasn't just not getting interviews. I wasn't even getting responses and how small that makes a person feel. And then when I came into the WorkBC program, my employment counselor really emphasized that not only did she see my struggle, but it was so frustrating for me to have all of these great skills and not be able to find a way to demonstrate them to an employer on a virtual platform without ever meeting me, that my struggle was real and where I was was okay, but we're going to make it better. Seriously, it changed my life. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing, Candice. I really appreciate that. No, thank you so much for um, for sharing your experience. And I think um, I think there's a lot of really valuable takeaways for other job seekers that are listening to this. Yeah, thank you for this. This is such an amazing platform. So amazing. Brilliant. Well, best of luck with the rest of the job. Thank you. Thank you. Loving it. <laughs> Great. Well, th- take care, Candice. Thanks so much. You too. There are some great takeaways from this conversation with Candice today. First, reach out for help. Working closely with an employment counsellor and participating in the Job Factory Career Workshop, Candice was able to find the help and support she needed to up her game in the job market after several months struggling to get any callbacks from her resume. Candice's employment counsellor, Zoe, was able to acknowledge Candice's skills and support her moving forward, identifying positions that would be a good fit. Through Zoe, Candice was able to extend her network and contacts while also finding a cheerleader. Reframe your sales pitch. The career workshop helped Candice reframe her sales pitch, focusing on her transferable skills that highlight her high-level ability as an administrator. This experience not only coming from her work history, but also her passion for gaming, an activity she has sometimes been shy to promote. Create an elevator pitch. This helped Candice add a powerful career statement on her resume and on her LinkedIn profile. Use informational interviews as an opportunity to sell yourself. Candice could have used her her elevator pitch to promote why she could be a great candidate for the organization. Although this did not hold her back in the end, it would have created a more impactful informational interview. Candice shifted gears and by reaching out for help after months of submitting countless resumes with very few callbacks, she had up to eight interview offers and was able to find the dream job. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Job Factory podcast. Subscribe now and make sure you don't miss our next episode. For more information about our employment services, please go to our website at kcds.ca.